Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Spy Ales und Hockey Tales mit Volley. <laughs> and today I am so excited to have on a vier und year old, a 34-year-old from Cologne, Deutschland, Germany, folks. His hockey journey has taken him to Germany and wherever the German national team took him. He has become a legend of Germany and the Shed and made his Shed debut way back in episode 85. This winning and muck running started young for this shed guy. Way back in 06-07, he put up 60 points in 36 games played en route to the DNL Championship with his hometown of Cologne. Winning is fun. He then headed to Freiburg, Germany to spread his hockey wings, playing and dominating under 20 while mucking it up in his first year pro with the Wolves of Freiburg. He played another season of under 20 and dominated again while playing pro again, and made Team Germany in under-17, under-19, and under-20. He then joined yours truly and the Beatingheim Steelers for two seasons. Then he laced up for the wild wings of Schwinnigan and put myself and Hellbrunner Falcons out of the playoffs and got me a one-way ticket out of Deutschland. The next two seasons, he had his way with the Oberliga, putting up 47 playoff points in two seasons confirmed gamer winning the championship with the wolves of freiburg and vaulting them to the second league where the team and himself found a home for the next eight years he just hung up the wheels this past season and promptly got dry und Fürzig, number 43 called to the rafters in freiburg deutschland welcome back to the shed baby carlos mark whitfoth <laughs> <laughs> welcome <laughs> thank you thank you Thanks for coming back on, sir. Thanks for making the time. So you joined the real world, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, yeah. Isn't that I did. something? What are you doing? Was machst du for Arbeit? Uh, uh, I was applying for jobs. And right now, I will start a new job um, 1st of December. Nice. Yes. Congrats. What's that? What are you doing? It's like a big ticketing company in Germany. Yeah. And I'm like uh, responsible for corporations with, um, yeah, companies. Sounds like the real world. Yeah, we'll see how it is. I don't know. <laughs> is it in Freiburg then? It's, you stay in there? Yes, it's downtown in Freiburg. So we will stay here. Yeah. Yeah. And what, just curious, was there a hockey connection in getting this job? Because that's hockey. Usually, hockey has something to do with people getting jobs. Uh, actually, I had a contact person there, mm -hmm. yeah. but um, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew a guy, but and yeah, he couldn't help much, so 
understand. Do it without hockey for the first time, yeah. I understand. It's a strange transition, isn't it? It is, yeah, but I, so far, I kind of like it, yeah. Yeah? Less, Nobody's less making time. it work out anymore, right? I, I stopped that shit altogether when people didn't pay me to work out. <laughs> yep. I met the gym since I hanged them up. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I got up at 5.30 in the morning to talk in my shed, right? At the same time, Lisa was getting up to work out. I'm like, well, have a good workout. I can have a talk. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe later i don't know but now it's just nice that you don't have to do all that stuff what you have to do when you're a professional yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff you got to do to be ready to rock for a season yeah yeah so how did you know it was over last year how did you decide to hang up the wheels carlos can't call you baby carlos anymore you're retired now you're like an old adult Um, no, it was not like a, a decision was not right away there. It was like, um, yeah, slowly process, I would say. After the season I, was over? Or like, did you know it was your last game? During the season, it was not so good running personal, so good for me. So I had some thoughts about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it felt good and it still feels good. So that's good. And, um, well, you can't change your mind now, right? Because your jersey's in the rafters. Yeah, they can't put it back down. No, <laughs> you can't come back now. Is that how it works? No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that works. I think once it's up there, they're like, okay, that's it. <laughs> um, so that didn't take long, eh? And I tell you, I don't know how proud you are, but seeing my puppies get their jerseys raised to the rafters or any teammate I played with, that is just so fun to see. Like, we have we played together 12 years ago, and now I'm seeing your jersey go to the rafters, and it just makes my heart want to pop over here in Canada. <laughs> Long time ago, yeah. it's For sure, it's pretty cool and yeah, special. It's up Especially there forever, when, man. Yeah, when you have kids or something, then... Maybe. Every time you go to that barn, it's it's there. Yeah, maybe my son wants to play, and then, yeah, for sure, he has to take another number. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, And that's cool, because, like, my son, he won't wear my numbers. Won't do it. Won't even look at him. Yeah, he doesn't want 18 or 10. No way. <laughs> He's not a goal scorer or a playmaker? Um, well, he, he plays similar to me. Um, I think jeans are a thing. Um, he's a small right-handed shot. He's... <laughs> faster than i was he's got like abs you know i don't know huge stick like his dad huh <laughs> huge stick gross a <laughs> schlager carlos <laughs> sehr gross yeah you know Everyone if you knows. use a long stick folks you can still be one step close slower and still get the puck right just smart just smart <laughs> works smart but hard huh? that's right every season my stick had to get a little bit longer because i got a little <laughs> bit slower <laughs> Yeah, my stick got longer over the years too. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but seriously, thanks for making the time today. Because I guess I am ter- I'm forty today. You know, it's mein Gebirgsdog. You know, yeah. And I-, I couldn't think of a better way to spend my lunch hour than with my little baby Carlos that just got his jersey retired. <laughs> yeah, if it wouldn't be your birthday, I would be probably too busy. You know, yeah, for yeah. sure you would be, you little punk. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, for my birthday, we have a skills practice tonight, and I am, I'm going to make my 40th birthday memorable, Carlos. I'm bringing Ka- German Cabina Fest to Canada. That's happening today. Hey, so what's up for our food? 
I made spätzle yesterday, you know, got the nutmeg in there, a little parsley, and then some speck, put the bacon in there, some casse, some cheese, and I'm going to take it in the room and probably get in trouble from the arena tonight. But I'm not asking for permission. I'm asking for <laughs> forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, that, sounds, that sounds good. Yeah, so As I, I got my two things that you plug into the wall, my rocklet and my griddle, and I'm going to plug them in, heat up the Spetsley during the last 10 minutes. I'll let my other coach finish off practice while I get things hot. Got a case of root beers for the fellas, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe pump some uh, Joanna Dugali style, really get into this thing, right? Uh, right? That's sounds lucky. good. It is, sounds yeah. Um, so I, I think that'll be the first Cabina Fest in Canada. That's pretty exciting in my world, you know? Yeah. Oh, change yeah. the game folks you know what i heard though carlos when i posted oh. that i heard cabina fests are a dying thing in german hockey and that is unacceptable we need to be better guys right you need oh. to you need to keep that going because that is as hockey as it gets isn't it it is yeah yeah it's slowed down it's slowed down that's horse manure we got that's got to get back how how did teams think they're gonna win championships not having cabina fest i don't know I think the young players are way too professional these days. It's... Yeah, you got to get way more unprofessional. Enjoy yourself, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you only get to do it for so long, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. But seriously, if, we're not joking. If you, <laughs> we're laughing, if, but we're not joking. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. If you're not may, playing in the NHL, I don't know. Then you just yeah. try to make memories. Like, yeah, because make memories and money. put a smile on your face, right? <laughs> Because it's not the money. <laughs> it's not about the money. We know that. Straight to the Arbeiten world, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, man. So that must have been a special day, though, when the jersey went up. Eh? I saw the picture with you and your Frau and your son on the ice. And those are making memories right there, eh? Yep. That was pretty cool. I mean, it's so it's so quick. It's just a short ceremony. So but it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I would say. Um, nothing like that ever happened, but I did get a Wally night in Cardiff. Um, so ah. that's kind of like the same thing, right? Except um, they actually wanted me to spray paint myself naked and do the pregame speech, um, not retire my jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it, you know, I nice made memories, made memories with those yeah. fellas. You know, I only knew eight guys on the team and everybody saw mine grossa Schlager. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. All right. It was worth the come anyways, huh? For them. <laughs> yeah, we really got to know each other. I really broke the ice that day. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. I came in uh, spray painted with the devil on my chest and yeah, eight, eight, the goat on the back and just the uh, just the devil head, you know? Nice. Yeah, and I had like the ultimate warrior tassels in red coming off my arms and legs. And I ran in and you know what I said? Got right up in the captain's face and said, do you remember when hockey was fun? Do you remember when hockey was fun? Let's go out there and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they invited you, paid for the flight, and then you just went on a little vacay? Yeah, uh, Lisa and I went for the weekend. Um, I got to see all our old friends, and it was five years after I'd retired, four or five years. Um, and yeah. uh, getting that is uh, pretty special. Um, you know, obviously I'll never get my jersey retired, but that, uh, that actually was what inspired this and made me realize I missed being the hockey guy, like missed being Wally. I was always the, you know, serious real world guy, you know, that guy sucks. 
<laughs> no, I think nobody from your hockey career can imagine that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you saw me at my finest, eh? <laughs> I would say so, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about some memories of the years you were there. Um, remember the cold tub and the shower, the big, like, big tub, and Hammer and I would both do cannonballs into it and yell, uff, uff. <laughs> I know. I actually deleted all the memories from... Uh... From that shower, because uh, <laughs> we had a special coach and he came in and uh, very wants, special coach wants to flex in the shower. <laughs> and oh. I, I don't think that's appropriate anymore. I don't think the coaches are <laughs> supposed to come in the showers anymore. Nah, it's these days it's too dangerous for the coach. Yeah. I remember him like pulling me right out of the shower, making me get on the scale. And I'm like, I already weighed in. I already told you what I was. And he goes, I didn't see it. And he made, like you thought I was gonna lie to him. You think I wanna? You want you you think I'm gonna lie? So then I have more weight to lose. Like you, you think next week you're gonna be happy? I'm like I'm gonna tell you the truth. I am who I am. <laughs> no, I remember when we went in for uh, after when was it after New Year's Eve? Everyone had to go in his office, and he just would smell your breath. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not allowed to have fun, right? No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, that was the same time. That was when I had hurt my knee, and that New Year's Eve. He called me on New Year's Eve and said, come into the office. And I said, I'm done for the year. It's New Year's Eve. I'm out with the guys. What do you want? <laughs> and um, I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And I saw him the next day. And then that's when he said, if you want to play here next year, you have to do everything I say the rest of the year. And that's when shit got real weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's tough. Personal training with Christian Bretik is tough. Everyone knows. Um, yeah, I don't, I, and I don't think he's qualified to be a personal trainer because some of the stuff he had us doing was not okay. Why? You didn't like it when we were running uphill with one guy on his, and on our backs and with a snorkel? Uh, with the snorkel <laughs> in our mouth? The, that, yeah. the, the pictures, well, I mean, we even practiced with snorkels in our mouth, right? I mean, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of memories flooding back here. Um, do you remember after a Friday night game and we'd have a practice Saturday, all we would do the whole practice, hard down the middle, slow on the outside, hard down the middle, slow down the outside. We did that the entire practice, folks. No pucks, no shooting, no nothing. Just hard down the middle, easy back. <laughs> the worst practice I've ever been a part of. <laughs> the weapon, yeah. You, you know how easily I get bored. That was so boring. Oh mm. my god, that was like the opposite of having fun. You know? Yeah, especially because he always wanted to join the practice. I remember when uh, you know was what he could do. Eh? <laughs> he just ran him over. I thought Shrimpsy's done for the year, man. Yeah, ah, Shrimpsy was one of his guys. Um, yeah, he liked Shrimpsy. Um, but man, Shrimpsy, he's come up a couple times. I think that boy. Got hit the hardest I've ever seen in my career a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do, you, do you remember some of those body checks? <laughs> oh, yeah. We just said him. <laughs> like, clean as hits as they could be, like, right yeah. to the middle of the chest, and he would just go flying. Just like a towel, wet towel. I remember the hit in Krefeld at the old barn where he got it on the wig at our end and he started skating up the ice with his head down the deep, came down the wall and just ruined him. <laughs> yeah. Any, anywho, other, I get into how we know each other, Carlos. Haven't seen you since episode 85. That's a long time ago, eh? Your kid was 
your kid was like probably a couple years younger at that point, right? I've been doing this for a while. When did we do it? Two years ago? I guess. I about that. You were still playing. Um, and uh, we had talked. Mosey was on your team, eh? Oh, yeah. Evan Mosey. He's a shed legend. So do you know that we want Kit Kats thrown on the ice in Cardiff for Mosey? Um, and uh, folks, if you're listening, Cardiff, you should do that. Um, Evan's waiting, right? You're always hungry, yeah. Yeah, always talking, always hungry, right? Sounds like a guy I know. <laughs> fill that mouth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, while he was on that team, um, you guys had a hell of a season for Freiburg. You guys are always a smaller budget team. But you guys, <laughs> like, nearly won it. And the coach was Pete Russell, who is now the coach of my old honey hole, the Cardiff Devils. Oh, is he now in Cardiff? Yeah. I knew he went back to Great Britain, but uh, yeah, Cardiff. He's, he's Cardiff's coach now, man. And I met him this summer. We had, we had a weekend. I went back there for a buddy's uh, game and uh, me and Pete mucked her up. Oh, yeah. I bet the night was pretty good, huh? It was. Yeah. He can hang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the off season, folks. But um, they do make this show this <laughs> season behind the scenes with the Cardiff Devils. And it's a documentary about their team. And there's an episode like once a month. And a guy that came on is the guy making it, Oliver Hampson. And it's sweet. But I see that guy coach on that show. And his speeches in between periods, his, uh, his he can tell how passionate he is. And you can tell that the guys are listening to what he's saying. And that like he's a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of his uh, biggest strengths is... Uh that the whole team always wants to play for him. You know, mm-hmm. that's important for a coach. You know it. It like, is important. In Germany, if you lose your imports or the room, then you're gone as a coach. Absolutely. And as soon as your players don't aren't bought into you and your message, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean, we talk about Brittig and we joke around, but like we did win the championship with him. Um, the working out was as nuts as it gets, totally out there. Um, but he did let me and Justin do what we wanted out there and play. And, um, you know, he played to win every game. And, um, then when he lost the team though, um, when we had no budget and we weren't doing well and his message was strange at that point, um, when we were take, he was telling us we can only take slap shots from the red line and then play defense and not cross the red line. It's hard to win a hockey game when you don't cross the red line. Yep, it is. But then, hey, you know what? After that, when the at this, I don't think at this time the hybrid icing was a thing in Germany. It was no, the old school. It was old school. Yeah. So, but now everyone is, uh, or once in a while, when you have no key to get through the defense, then rip the puck on the net. Or like, I think after I saw it quite a lot that teams were doing it. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Well, that, I, I still remember then once we got rid of him and Danny Held took over. It was like night and day. We went from not being allowed to do anything on the ice to being able to do whatever we wanted. Yeah, yeah. which is not the best. Wow. It, maybe meet in the middle somewhere, but um, Danny was an awesome dude, great guy. And um, one of my funniest memories of him was when he took over as coach. He's like, okay, power play time. <laughs> and then he gave me the clipboard. and <laughs> He says, here, <laughs> tell them what we're doing. <laughs> yeah and i'm like that's cool thanks buddy but i i'd rather you tell us i don't want to be that guy that tell everybody what to do but i will (laughs) but this is actually how it is these days and power play you get of course you get a structure you get a lineup 
for the power play, but in the end, you talk with your power play guys together. What are you and doing? It's what... true though. It's like I knew what I wanted to do it there in a power play. Yeah, so... that was when we uh, started doing the drop back on the power play breakout. Was when he let me decide what we were doing. And I had Roby skate it up to center and then drop her back. And then I could, you know, do what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing that now with my under 13 boys <laughs> team. I have them dropping it back on the power play. We're the only ones doing it. And it's hilarious. But I tell you something here in Germany, everyone is doing it right now. Or most of the teams. Well, folks, just remember where you saw it first, right? <laughs> yeah. Brent Walton, creator of that. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, folks. Now everybody's doing it. Anyway, you think the Spinneroonie's a new thing too? <laughs> I love the Spinneroonie, didn't I, Carlos? Oh yeah, I, I stole that move for a little bit. Yeah, you were doing Spinneroonies. I love the Spinneroonie, eh? And the between yeah. the legs thing, the pull it between the legs. That was my. Yeah, was not good enough for that. It was only in practice. And then... See, I found that one was very productive because they couldn't get to the puck because it's between your legs. And if they go for it, then jeepers, they just tripped you, right? Yeah, but uh, I probably saw one time a penalty on a penalty shot. So the goalie actually can run you over and it's not a penalty. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so other ways we know each other, though. Actually, I had a question. Who is your mo your favorite coach ever? Who's the most influential coach to baby Carlos? Tough question. Um, I know. That's what I'm here for, all the cutting-edge questions. <laughs> a couple of really good ones in junior, for sure. Um, Rupert Meister was really good. I had him in Cologne. When we won the championship, he was... His really last good. name's Meister, and you guys became the Meisters? Yes. Yeah. It was... Yeah. That, that was makes sense. Name, yeah. <laughs> I would say, actually, in my pro career, I mean, like... Really good coaches. There are a couple of ones. Coaches which stays in mind, like uh, Muff. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying Muff was one of the best coaches you had? No, but one which will always really stay sticks in mind. He sticks out to me. Yep. Um, you know what sticks out to me? And I, I don't like being hard on people. Don't like it. But um, there's a team photo of us winning the Deutsche Meister. Um, and the coaches in front of all the players um usually in team pictures folks the coaches go behind the players because the players want it the coach goes behind the players in the team photos that's all it's just food for thought for any coaches that are going to win championships it's about the players right well, now, when my that. team wins all ontario this year i'll be behind the players <laughs> yeah we'll see that I'm gonna take care. I'm gonna take a close look on the pictures. Yeah, I will be. Yep. Um. And yeah, no, I th I have everything I need here, Carlos, with my under thirteen team. I got, I got a big, strong centerman that's dominant. I got fast little buggers. I got mucker uppers. I got a horse on D. I got four other guys that can play, and our, we got a goalie. I got everything you need to win a championship. Basically, it's my yeah, fault if we don't win. You need a good mix, yeah. You need, every, you, you need everybody to win, right? And you need everybody playing their best. Yeah, and this is why I would probably say that uh, one of the best coaches, I would say, was Pete Russell, actually. Yeah, Yeah. I well, he seems to use everybody, right? Like, there are teams yeah. in Germany where the imports played so much, like, I, there'd be times where I didn't know if I was going to shit myself, piss myself, or puke because I was playing so much. And then there's other coaches that, 
it takes everybody. You need your third and fourth line to be able to go out there and do her. Exactly. And uh, I think what Pete Russell was doing really good is that he makes or made <clears throat> every player feel like uh, important. important. Yeah. doesn't matter. Fourth line, you need a fourth line players. You need the third line players. Not everyone 100%. can be a scorer. Not everyone can be the playmaker or the star. Yeah. So you need all four lines these days, especially these days. Hockey's I mean, more. It's a hundred percent true though. It's like, I got a D man who he plays D and he's not going to score goals. And it's, you know, it's like, well, I don't care if you score a goal all year. That's not why you're on this team. You're not on this team to score goals. You're here to muck it up and make sure they don't score and move it up to the forwards. And then I had that chat with the guy the next day he shoots it off the glass in our end and out into the empty net scores a goal. <laughs> That's hockey. <laughs> Great coaching. <laughs> yeah. But you I mean, it. a guy you like that it. gets the breaks because they've been mucking her up. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, but this is uh, it's so important. I think it's for everything for the team chemistry. Then you have less people moaning. Like when everybody yeah. feels when those third, fourth liners are moaning and groaning about ice time and this and that, it's like, well, you can't win. Once that negativity starts, it just filters through everybody. It's like, then the other two lines can be playing all great, but like, you're not going to win games and it's about winning games, right? Yeah. That's what happened in beating high, man. Honestly, um, we had a team. The the start, we had enough money. We had four lines. We had 60. You could put out anybody in any situation. We were going to be fine. Yeah. And then we didn't have the depth. And then we got young guys um, later on that like they weren't okay with not playing that much. And then they weren't doing much when they got out there. And then it was everybody else's fault that they weren't doing well. And it's like, well, actually look in the mirror and um, be better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. That's a big, big point there, actually mm. to be a championship. If we keep talking, people might think we know what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, let's get to the funny thing, Ben. <laughs> yeah, let's talk serious. Okay, here's a serious question. This is my type of question, okay? What do you think brings teams together more? If you could only pick one, Christmas markets, beer tents, or cabina fest? Tough question. I would say, can I take all? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I was thinking, is you need all three to win. All you need all three to win, but if I would or I could only choose one, I would say like uh, tents. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here. That's as hockey as it gets, eh? I mean, you get the boys all standing on the tables late night, everybody's sweaty and just smashing their masks and singing the top of their lungs. There's no tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> There's no Welcome tomorrow. To <laughs> Welcome to Germany, hockey folks. Hockey's fun again. That's what happened to me. It made hockey fun again. I got to Lansud, and within two weeks, we were going to Oktoberfest, and I'm like, I'm home. I found my home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we did the fitness test, and they and they said, I'm like, well, what does it say? Because I kept testing the blood. And they're like, well, <clears throat> to be honest, it says you're a little bit fat, but you can get away with it. And I'm like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Finally, somebody gets me. Yeah, accept me how I am. Yeah. I just want to be me. <laughs> Is it too much? I just want to be me. <laughs> but uh, seriously, the Christmas markets, I always find like what a way it's all set up in Germany for a hockey season is you show up, 
beer tent season happens and that can bring a squad together that can make the foundation for a season. Um, you get out there, you all have fun, you all enjoy your nights, get to know each other away from the rink and who people really are. And then, you know, you get mucking it up. Hopefully you're winning some games and then having some cabina fest to keep things light and fun. And then you roll into December and it's Christmas market time. Right. And that's time to spread your wings there. Yep. Yeah. You get the glue vine and some good food. Right. And you get the boys outside enjoying the night. That's how you create a bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I always say, especially like with coaching and like my career is, you can either be teammates for a year or you can be friends for life, right? Yep. I would rather be friends for life, you know, and get to know each other. Exactly. And it's like, I don't know, you spend so much time together. And then, <clears throat> you know, when you have, we had, when you had good teams, you know it because when you see them again, it's like you saw them yesterday. You know what I mean? That feeling? It, it is so true, though. And it's like, as soon as you see each other, it's just the joy to see each other, right? And I do remember after my time in Beatingheim and I'm playing for Helbron and one of the kids I had been talking about was playing for a different team then. And he like came over to like chat with me and it just wasn't the same feeling as when I see my other puppies, you know, yeah. it's just different. But man, when I get to see everybody in my shed, everybody probably wonders like why I'm so totally nuts and do this all the time. But like I get to see my buddies, I get to see my friends for life, and I I didn't get to see you for like ten years, you know. It's and it's it's everyone. It's for everyone the same. Like it's tough. Everyone has their same uh, lives and stuff to deal with, so it's it's not easy to stay see in contact. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's like uh, my junior B team that won it all um, back in my hometown. They tried to have us all back twenty two years later, and they say we're having this night for you. They gave us months' notice to be ready. And nearly every guy from that team was gone coaching and parenting in minor hockey. And it's, I thought it was awesome how many guys were gone coaching hockey from a championship team. Cause that's what hockey needs is good people coaching kids. And um, we had to postpone it because the whole team was coaching kids. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it is great. And it's, if anything was ever going to get postponed, that's why I'd want it to get postponed. Right. Everyone's stick with hockey. That's cool. Yeah. So how about you? Are you part of the game at all? Or are you just, you're just right in this transition period trying to figure it all out, eh? Yeah, exactly. I just need a little bit step back. Yeah. I, when I came ever. back, man, I came back with my tail between my legs. Like it was over. And obviously we talked about, we weren't making millions and it was time to get to work. And um, that was my focus was getting everything back together for everybody right yeah yeah but it's like i don't know i'm just like in the this phase where it's not like yeah it doesn't hurt or i'm not missing it too much right now that's so good. i mean like, oh, it was good. long you know played professional since i was 18 six over 16 years so that's a long time and you know the so pressure that's a lot of working out that's yeah. a lot of stress it's a lot of pressure yeah. yeah so right now i'm just happy that it's not there but yeah. I, and I get that and I think they're probably part of why I had such a hard time was it was an injury it was out of my control I didn't know it was my last game I was just getting through another game with a bad knee and then all yeah. of a sudden it was like over over and I never got to like I never got to finish mucking it up that season you know mm, yeah that's like 
Yeah, I think this is the worst when I'm sorry, I have to grab another uh, drink. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, when, yeah. You, when you when you can't when you can't uh, it's late in Germany that everybody knows. Yeah, uh, it's mid-August here in Canada, folks. <laughs> dinner time in Germany. Yeah. No, but when you can make the own decision that you quit or like stop your career and end right. your career. It makes it a lot easier. And um I mean getting but sometimes also too, being you know? appreciated by the team you're with. And I mean, not many guys do what you did where you get on a team and you find your home and like you get your Jersey retired, but like, that's the way you want to go out. That's the way every hockey player wants to go out is loving the team. They play for loving the town, loving the fans, the teammates, everybody and going out the right way. And like not many people in the hockey world get to do that. Yeah, you see that every year, like some teams switch to imports or players like every year so much, like 15 new players. And then how and then they're wondering how, why they're not achieving something, you know? Yeah. You have to build something over years normally to create a championship team. Or you I get a lot totally player. agree. Jeepers but. creepers, you just hit <laughs> home there though. You're right though. You need you need a core, you need you need the the unit to be one. And then you can bring in the other pieces, but you have to have that group that knows what's up, knows what it's about, and knows what it takes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fun okay. fact, though, I have that with the concurrent Canucks this year. Go Canucks. <laughs> nice sweater, by the way. Thank you. That was the, my family's present to me for my birthday. Go Canucks. Great. They get me. Every card they gave me had the Canucks logo on it nice things they said to me my kids and my wife and they gave me the canucks sweater and they're like you guys get me i'm about my team and when i have a team for the year i'm into it and that's what i realized since being out of the game is what i need is a team to pour myself into for a year um the years i didn't have a team to do that were very difficult for me and now like that's what is rattling around in my brain is like how do i make hockey fun for these guys how do i make them want to get better how do I make them go home and do it on their own? That it's not their parents telling them to shoot pucks, that they want to do it for each other and get better. And like, I love this shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody. Most, <laughs> most important thing that you, that you get the kids to understand that they work out for them and not because you are the coach. And it's obviously, it's tough to, uh, to get, get that. There. It's, but it's, it, and it's like, we do these, workouts and it's like i'm no workout coach i know what i'm good at and i ain't no workout you coach you showed him the squad so <laughs> so that's that's a story from yesterday dude so we have this dry land and the the worker outer coach wants help so i gotta run a room i'm like i'm not a worker outer coach that's not what i do um so then i had to show them a, a one-legged deadlift <laughs> and i tried to do it <laughs> and this kid savage who is a savage um i do it he goes Holy moly, Wally, you're struggling, eh? <laughs> it was like a five-pound weight. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but it takes everybody to win. I'm not a worker-outer coach. That's for someone else to do, you know? But I'll participate if you need me. Yep. Right? <laughs> and you're probably not to get close to you. You're probably not the best role model in, like... Uh, no, I'm not. Working out. <laughs> I'm not, though. I know that. Uh so I'm not going to pretend to be. You got to be who you are, right? The secret, but the thing is, though, is I did do all that shit. We did all the working out. We did all the 
everything you had to do. I did it all while we were doing it, but it's like now that they don't make me, I'm not going to do that anymore. And probably because you did it a couple of years and beat the time was British. I can break that you. Area, yeah. <laughs> I can break you and yeah. break your soul. But it also does teach you what <laughs> you can put yourself through. Like there are a couple of days there trying to go to sleep the night before and you know what's coming the next day and you can't wipe your ass. You can't walk. You can't, you can't do anything. Um, even going out for lunch, you feel like you're riding a horse cause you can't walk. And, um, and it hurts all over, but then we do get through it every time, don't we? And you can tell, say what you want, but uh, Britic, they got us together as a team too. You know, he got us together. He, he brought in great people. He knew how to build a team of great dudes. The, 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 yeah. When you came, it was right after we won, and you were like the only new player we got. And um, yeah. and like we had great dudes. Right? But it was we not got... on me that we didn't win it again. It was not on me. <laughs> it wasn't on you. I I checked it out, though. I got hurt all year. You got hurt all year. And then uh, Schmidt and Hammer didn't even play the full playoffs. And it's like when I was writing down names from that team, it's and I wrote last good team. It's sad that I didn't get to play that year because I think I could have helped. But then Schmidt gets hurt in the playoffs. Hammer gets hurt in the playoffs. And then like that last year where it, it could have been something special if everybody was healthy and playing is you get Schmidt, yeah. big, sexy Justin Kelly, yeah. Danish Dynamite, Casper Dine. Doug Andrus, Stefan Robitaille, and then you get Germans like Hammer and Guypey. You're a good team. Yeah, we had yeah. Anyway. Like I said we had a really good team. Yeah, yeah. like but then we never had, got to play, did we? <laughs> for sure, we would have still a chance to win it again. Yeah, that's yeah. sad. Yeah, it is. But that's how it is. You have to be lucky too to win a championship. Well, it's, it's, you need everybody, and they didn't have everybody. That's how why you didn't win is because we didn't have everybody, and if we did have everybody, I think we do win. Uh, but, I mean, you went through the knee injury that year too. I That was the hardest time in my life, I think. Um, there is coming back to the real world, and that, that part was tough. But I had never missed a game in 10 years. I didn't miss one hockey game for 10 years. Um and then all of a sudden I'm four games into a season and I'm done and I want to show the team. And I love playing in Germany. I love beating Heim. I want to show everybody I was going to get better and that I could play. And I didn't want to just go home. Cause like we had planned to be there for the year. So then yeah. you get, everybody would be practicing. I'm going to do my physio. I was never a part of it. The team would go on road trips. I'm sitting at home with nothing to do. It was brutal, man. It's always tough when you're injured you even if the if even if you're not separated, the team can do whatever it wants. You will feel separated for not sure. Not a part that. of it, right? And yeah. and then like you think you're in a different country and um you don't have like your outside hockey friends. And um yeah. it was it was a tough go. And then Brittig makes you get in the sauna for 90 minutes a day and ride a bike. That can also <laughs> test you, you know, but I guess you get through the tough times to get to the good times, right? Heck yeah. But never really had any more good times in Beatingham. We were never really good again. You know, the budget went down. And then by the time they got a budget again, they asked me to kindly leave. <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, I don't recall why you left Beatingham. So you get hurt that year. We play yeah. together for a year when we both make our big comebacks. Way to go. 
Um, and then you head to Schwinnigan. How did you leave Beatingheim go to Schwinnigan? Because they're the other big budget team that was trying to win. But we weren't in Beatingheim, I guess. I don't know. I think I probably had a good agent. <laughs> she always brought me to the good teams, which sometimes is not a good thing. because Well, as a young German, that can be a good thing or a bad thing. You can learn from guys, but also it's tough to get out there and play hockey. Exactly, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know how I get to Schwenningen. It's actually, uh, it's actually a good question. You don't even I, remember anymore. Once you get, once you get a shed in the backyard and you start getting out there talking to people, it'll all come back to you. I actually forgot about my whole hockey career for five years. Forgot all no, of it until I started actually, talking to everybody. I think it was just like a thing where I see a good, uh, a future for me. Yeah. Sports wise and then uh money wise obviously it was they were paying really good training and was like the, the top team. Yeah. So, they were trying yeah. to win. And it's it was interesting back then which teams were trying to win and which teams were just okay with making playoffs because yeah. that was back when you couldn't really move up to the DL. So it's like some teams were just like, Well, why are we really gonna try and win that hard? Right? Exactly, yeah. It's good that they got it back open now, eh? The up and down. Or you have to look. Uh, you have to look at the at the table right now. It's like I think right now you're in the play downs. So, but with one win, you're in the top six. You know. I saw how tight it was. I actually, I haven't really been checking out the league or cared much. But now that I talk to my puppies again, and it gets me back thinking about German hockey again. Um, I did check it out because I did see Beatingheim was in last place and they were just a DL team. And I mean, we've been through it, right? Like when Beatingheim was a top team and they have the money and then we didn't have the money. I'm pretty sure they do now. Um, I'm pretty sure they have no excuses other than to be better. But um, back then we didn't have a good enough team and um it was amazing to me the difference in the fans from when we were good to when we were bad and the whole vibe around the arena. And it's like, for me to win, to come out of tough times is you have to stick together. You have to be a hockey family. You have to support each other. And as soon as they start getting on imports, as soon as they start getting on Germans, as soon as they start getting on players in general, it's like, well, we're people. And it's like, we can feel that. And it's like, how do we give the extra mile and the extra inch and do what we need to do to win when you guys don't even support us? Yeah. And then they will say it's your fucking job. Yeah. It's your <laughs> job. It's like, okay, well, we're doing the best we can. We're professional hockey players and we're, we're trying to do well because we want to win and make money. I think it's, it's uh, everywhere in sports. doesn't matter if it's uh, soccer or football or basketball. It's you true. The bar of fans which will always support you. And then you have fans that are more like when you're successful. They're there. And when, yeah. when, you're, when you're not successful, they I don't found, I, I mean, I guess I don't know, right? Because in most places I went, we were winning. And yeah. the, the, those years in Beatingheim were the times I was losing in my life. And it was brutal. It was so the opposite of winning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's what, how you see it in Germany, how it is. Huh? You're so... So you need the sponsors here. Like, otherwise... you do. Geld is a thing, folks. Get involved, right? Did you know, yeah. fun fact, I'm a sponsor of a hockey team? A professional no hockey team. Yeah. 
I'm the okay. I, I I'm the sponsor of the captain of the Manchester Storm, and he skates around with a two ales and hockey tails logo right above his name. It's the funniest one thing player. Ever. One, one player. player. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Cameron Critchlow. He's the one that started the chocolate storm in Manchester with me. So ah, now good. that when Manchester wins, they throw chocolate on the ice. He was the one that started that with me. He likes mucking it up. He likes scoring and fighting and keeping hockey hockey. And, uh, you know, I only sponsor people I believe in. Nice. I like that. And they're a small budget team that's trying to muck it up with the big boys. And I respect that. You know? But uh, how is the league in uh, Great Britain? Did it get way better since you played there? Um, well, I can't say for now compared to when I played, but when we first got to where when I first when I first got to Germany, I didn't hear that rave of reviews. I didn't think there there was a lot of fighting. There wasn't a lot of money. It was uh I mean, didn't really sound like something I was into. And then by the time I did go there, 2014, 15, like it was high end hockey, man. I thought it was harder than the second league in Germany. It was harder to score points. It was harder to be good. Um, I thought it was going to be easier and I probably wasn't ready enough when I got there. And then mm -hmm. when I realized how good it was, um, I had, yeah, I had to get into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like um, it, it's a really good league. And uh, I'd say one thing is like, they have like 11 imports and um Like, I think it's more right now, isn't it? Is it 11? Yeah, I'm not even sure. Um, but like now they even all have like extra players that like get health bombed every game. And it's like the, the, I've heard the money's gone up a lot since I played and they're paying guys better. Um, the league's better and like they're hockey teams, man. Like they know how to recruit teams. They're four lines. They got scores. They got fighters. They got hitters. They, it's, it's, they're, It's a league. I mean, the league that developed like before. Okay, now I had a coach from Scotland, but before I never heard anything about uh, Great Britain hockey. And But now they're like in the top league, right? And it's uh, or like in the world championships, they're making up to the top division. And like, those are all my buddies that I played with. And it's like to see, and it, like, they weren't really my puppies, but I was the oldest guy in the team with, and then I was like one of the only guys with a kid on the team. But when I see all these guys that like, came up with me and now they're doing that shit and then i see my german puppies doing that shit and i'm like geez i really like seeing all this stuff <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. they moved up to the a pool yeah that was my coach Pete Russ, right i know i know um and uh it's amazing to see them do that and the league has gone up a ton and it's and it's interesting to see because then this team great britain does all this stuff And there's going to be kids watching this, right? And like when I went to Cardiff, there was hardly a minor hockey program. There was hardly any kids playing hockey. And um, then I, I, go, I go back this year and I go to a minor hockey practice and there's like too many kids that they have too many for a team. And it's like, this is crazy. Like it, how much it's changed and how Cardiff has become like a hockey town. Yeah, that's really cool. I think uh, they're only going to get better, folks. Hockey is especially developing in those countries where, I don't know, like let's say in Germany, for example, there's nothing else than soccer. You yeah. Know? But it's picking it up. It's tough because... Well, there are to... more Germans doing things, right? Like Dreisaitl, isn't he from Cologne, where you're from? Yes, he's from my hometown, yeah. Yeah, and he... then uh, it's a yeah, small yeah. world, right? When you get talking around was... 
his old man was coaching Ravensburg when we were playing in Beatingheim, and I didn't even know that. <laughs> and he wears number 29 because of Ben Thompson, who we're mucking it up with. And, like, that's cool. That's cool, yeah. I didn't know that, actually. It's true. Um player, Ben Thompson. Yeah, he was really good. He was. I'm, I And I got a soft spot for the little right-hander shot guys that can you know buzz around make plays like those guys (laughs) um well i haven't looked at my notes in a while i guess we've just been chatting eh it's a good Uh, sign that is a good sign i hate looking at my notes what's your favorite german meal Ooh, you know it schweinebraten hammer hammer time for all our from our crew back in the days do you not think like and i'm taking the same recipe guys I honestly think that the biggest mistake Beatingheim ever made, and I think the history and how everything would have gone, is letting Dominic Hammer go the year Danny Held chose the team. Is Dominic Hammer, I call him an ultimate shed guy. He was the guy that made Germany home for me. He started inviting me to the Schweinebraten with all the Germans, so I felt like I was a part of it. And he did that for the imports. He did that for the Germans. And he got everybody together. And he would, they would make an incredible meal. And everybody would bring stuff. And it's like, well, that's how teams win, is when everybody's in it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a great leader for sure. He was a great leader and you don't need an A or a C on your Jersey to be a great leader. And the coaches and management don't always have to see it. And it's kind of like my career. It's like people thought I was just a donkey, but I was actually trying to bring teams together. Right. You did. Yeah. It's yeah. Sometimes it's just like some things are underestimated. Even like if you make a play, what the fans don't see, or if you make something in the dressing room, what the, coaches or the fans don't see but it still helps the team Uh, and for me the thing that i love about doing this is i've realized what my teammates thought of me compared to the the whoever decided they didn't want me is like i i know what my teammates thought of me and i'm good with that you guys can all make your decisions i'm cool (laughs) (laughs) i mean like today what this is episode 300 and 30 something and it's like that's cool that um people make the time to talk to me (laughs) and still that you can keep uh can keep it going you know sometimes it's like you do a couple episodes and then just close down and yeah i I think it's passion though it's like i miss you guys i miss you i miss talking to you and it's like this is gonna make my whole day better it's gonna make my whole week better and then uh i'll have more energy to do all the other shit i gotta do right (laughs) Yeah, being being happy is being happy, folks. Right. <laughs> um, but hey, so winning the championship. Here's I'm looking at my notes again. You won the DNL with Cologne in your hometown, and that is winning all of Germany, right? That is being a Deutsche Meister. That's a big deal to win the junior of all of Germany. Yep. And you it ran a mock. Sixty Best points year. and thirty six games played. Yeah, it was uh, important for me too because it was my final year in the juniors. So after that, I get my first pro contract with uh, Cologne. Yeah, and um, yeah, but it was it was so special because uh, in Germany, most of the times Mannheim wins it. Right. Not like 
they got that the the factory of puppies where they're yeah. just they're just yeah. a hockey factory where when you can beat teams like that it makes it way more special doesn't it they have like just like they had the best organization like they even with coaches equipment you know they were just like a couple of years in front of everyone like professional wise well, yeah so it was very cool to win it against these guys i think it, we were the first team since they started that week well and that's i mean the cardiff fans probably mad at me because i sponsored manchester and they probably don't get it because i am a devil through and through but like what you're saying is like you see the top teams in the uk and you see their social media you see these documentaries being made and you see how professional it's all got it's like well do you know what i kind of like not professional that i kind of like it a little bit messed up and uh i don't know I, that's a bit weird but um i liked like in germany man there were some crazy burns you'd play in the locker rooms you get into the whole thing it's like this is hockey like let's go muck it up <laughs> and that's but what manchester's doing right they got this little barn and they go out there and muck it up and they're a small budget team and it's like well when you beat the big boys that's pretty cool but i would say yeah i totally understand especially you need those teams too you, you can't do. play with Four, four teams in the league, you know. It's no, tough. you can't. And every league's yeah. kind of like that, right? Because the second league in Germany was always like when Munich was in it, it was Munich beating Heim Schwinnigan, Ravensburg, and it was always the four of us, and we all knew where it was heading, and we we're gonna play all these games to figure out when we get to playoffs. And but in the UK, it's the only difference is every game matters. Every game against every team matters because the regular season is who's the big champion. And it changes everything that like, you can't have it off night and it makes the regular season games way bigger deal. But then those small budget teams, they can be out of it by like November. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we haven't even talked about this guy yet, and I haven't even got him in my shed yet. Christian Billich is also going to go to the rafters in Freiburg, Germany. And I just saw some post about how he just became a record spieler about something. Do you know what was that? Met so many games or points? Uh, it's games. Games. Most games in the history of the club. Yeah, he played. I don't know what was it. I think close to seven hundred. And still running, so seven hundred for one team, mm-hmm. and he moved away. So yeah, because he, he was he was with me and Helpron. He was one of my puppies there, but he was already a great player back then. Um, yeah, I never yeah. really got to play with him that year. He was always on a different line, but that guy can play hockey. Just buzz oh, yeah. around, yeah. eh? Very very smart player, skilled, fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It was, for him, it was really good. I think that the game changed, so it wasn't all about physics anymore. It was about being fast, intelligent. He's to- he was totally a new school player in an old school world back in the day. Yes. Kind of like me, except I kind of like the old school part, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> but no, that guy's a player, and uh, then, so like, your jerseys will be beside each other, and you guys got to like have that journey together, and for me, it's heartwarming because I know Billy's a great dude and I know you're a great dude. And then to see two guys teaching the puppies how to hockey in Freiburg, it's like, that's what we need. That's what hockey needs is the right guys teaching the 
other people how to hockey. Yeah, actually, he's one of uh, one of my best friends here in Freiburg. Yeah. Well, you played with him like for the last decade, right? I hope you guys get along. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> well, I think the first time we played together was when we when I was eighteen, and then I moved away. Yeah. Then he kind of moved away, and then we came back the same year, back to Freiburg. He uh, moved up with I think Castle to the second league, yeah. and I moved frankfurt this year and then we came back to freiburg and then we moved up together right to, uh, and winning in a town can make you legends right and winning that oberliga i mean it's the third league but it is not an easy thing to win just like nothing's easy to win um there's a lot of teams trying to win the oberliga they can't get up like they're like so such big teams like hanover dl champion like from the first league they're trying since years with, with one of the top budgets they would have in the second league. They're trying to get up, but they can't get up. Go Jerry Kuhn. Don't go yeah. their coach. <laughs> Are you there now, Jerry Kuhn? Jerry Kuhn's the goalie in Hanover. Yeah. And he runs the puck. He's a player. They can, that they can pick up a top goalie from the yeah. second league who played first league, you know, a third league in Germany. That's like, I think this is a really cool thing that we have one of the only leagues in Europe or the world, a third league, which is most of it uh, professional. No, it's true, camp. though, Not- and it is cool that a third league can, I mean, it can <clears throat> be a guy's profession. Is I, I, I'm definitely more connected to the hockey world than I was for a bit, but like I've talked to agents about it, and there's told me like there's money in the Oberliga. <laughs> more than the, in the second league, actually. So I heard because- that they're making like. Like when I thought I was making decent money in Beatingheim, I heard they're making more than that in the third league. We were a little too early, yeah. And I heard that the well, I heard I was a little bit late and a little bit early. I think I was there for the the dark times of it when they close the leagues. You can't go up, you can't go down. It doesn't matter who wins the trophy because you can't go up. And I heard before the Deutsche Marks and all the money there was, and then. You go through that, and now I hear that there, you know, you go down to four imports and you can only have so many cards. And they did clean that up for the players because when I was there, you could bring in guys on tryouts for four games. And if they sucked, you sent them packing and you brought in the next guy for four games until they found their gem that they paid nothing and he was fresh out of college and they're paying him nothing. And then he's a great player. And then he goes, gets paid somewhere else, and they bring in the next guys. That was a win-win situation, I think. For the teams. Uh, yeah, but still for the players, too. They get a shot. Well, and they then, get a okay, shot, but I like making money if you're going to play. Yeah, but you, then you had one year where you don't, or where you, where you weren't making that much money. But you could see a different continent. You can see a different country. Well, so much memory. And, and it's cool how many guys are going overseas now to play, but... When I look back on it, I was one of the problems. Like I went to Landsuit for hardly any money and I wanted a chance and I wanted to show. They made a good Yeah. Yeah. But this is what the teams have to try, you know, because they can't uh, pay everybody, right? Or everybody will be going tits up and you don't need that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After a COVID pandemic, pandemic. Yeah. Wars in Europe, it's tough for all the companies. You know, we have the energy crisis. It's and there's then a lot going the... on in the world, isn't it? <laughs> That's why I why I like just talking to my shed and just ignoring the rest of it. 
being a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> just, just enjoy your life, right? <laughs> but when you became a DNL champion, Carlos, it takes everybody to win. And I saw you mucking it up being the guy, but also it takes goaltending to win championships. And you had Timo Peelmeyer. Mm-hmm. That's a good goalie to have on your junior team, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, I think he was uh, by far the talented, most most talented guy. There you I go. Just goaltending, he was crazy, but because he always wanted to play with the puck, so we got a lot of goals, or let's say a couple, just in case he watches this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was going out and trying to make a pass, breakout pass, well, right on the stick. He probably you, you learned know. from those mistakes. Yeah. Right? You learn from your mistakes. Exactly, but don't do them again. Yeah, but he ended up playing a, like even in the show. He played a game in the show. Yeah, he had a great career. Yeah, he he was a very high talented player. Eh? He was very good. And it of does course, piss off a team though when a goalie comes out of his net and does something yeah, that's like just was, stand there, just stop the puck. He was still one of the best players and um, won a reason we won this year for sure. Yeah, because he was up wow. there. And when a goalie does get good at moving pucks, um, it can change a whole team when. They dump yeah. it in, and all of a sudden they're firing it up to the far blue line. And it's like yeah. when teams have a goalie that can do that, it really does change things. So important. We had that kind of goalie in Freiburg too. We had uh, when we were successfully with uh, Russell, Pete Russell. Yeah. We had Ben Meisner. I think right. he's from Hell area or somewhere there. Yeah, uh, I know that name. And then the other guy, actually, I think it was last time you came on, was the other goalie, Enrico or something. Oh, yeah, the young guy. Yeah, he jumped in for uh, Meissner. Because he played the playoffs, right? Like, I saw he had a bunch of games in the playoffs when the research yeah. team got hot. First goal, he got injured, and then that's why you And it takes everybody to have... win. You need a guy to be able to step in and do it, right? Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you got to talk about today? I haven't looked at my notes in a while. You know who else you won the Oberliga with? Another one of my puppies. <laughs> Yannick Herm. Oh, Hermie, yeah. Hermie, the Czech yeah. German. That guy could one play of my too. Best. He was a skilled one, dude. One, Yeah, but he's uh, one of my best friends too. I know because that. I see everything. I play with him. I'm creepy. Yeah, you, I know. Get mm-hmm. get out from Instagram, man. Wait. Oh, yeah, I'm like a stalker. <laughs> well, it's cool to see like that guys that were my puppies are still good lifelong friends it's like that's what i like to see um that you may think i'm stupid but when i see guys that were puppies on a team i was on that's what i want that they're friends for life um like the tough years in beating heim i don't think those guys are friends for life no probably not and for sure winning connects each other but still, it helps you uh, when you have a good team chemistry. It helps you so much through the bad times, you said, like you said. And this is what makes friendships for life as well, you know. Yeah. And it's true, though. When yeah. you stick together through tough times, that can mean a lot, too. Yeah. And I think that I think... was the biggest problem in Beatingheim was when things did get tough. Man, there'd be practices that were so dysfunctional. I'm like, this is my team. This is the team yeah. I'm on. I remember a time, it was this November break, which should be as hockey as hockey gets. Guys get to go live life. They're living away from Canada. They're in Germany. You get a week off. You get to go see the world. You get to go see things you've never seen before. And instead of that, 
we retired Dirk Roval's jersey, um, my teammate and um, shed guy and beauty, and we have his game, but they told the whole team we couldn't go anywhere we because we were losing, that guys lost money for their flights, their hotels, and they say, we're staying this week and we're practicing. And they bagged us the whole week. We got bag skated the whole week. And then we have a celebration for my teammate. And I'm like, this is so not hockey of how, what everything's going on. And it was tough for me too, at that point, because I think I was leading the league in goals and I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing. And we're in last place. And that same week after all the bag skating, I'm not joking. We had a scrimmage imports versus Germans. And I was not into it. I, I didn't want anything to do with it. And I thought it was as dysfunctional as it got. And there was a fight in that game. Um, was it and, me? And it was, yeah, Kudelka, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I took Kudelka down. <laughs> yeah, you left. guys fought. But like, and then I oh. remember when, you know, the Germans win the game. It's like, well, I wasn't really into this and like I don't care because I just want everybody to be happy and be a team and then everybody I remember they were celebrating like they had just won the championship and I was like we're in last place and we're supposed to be a team and because you guys beat the imports now you're celebrating like you just won the championship it's like what why don't you play like that in a game that was what I thought Again. I'm just being honest <laughs> in my shed, you know? Sorry for saying what I think. Yeah, that's good. Right? Still mean yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, probably but it hey, was it's not probably cool for them to beat the imports. Way to go. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. You come you come here, you take the best spots. Yeah. Uh, All the... the ice time. What a bunch of assholes, right? We want to beat you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do remember that and oh, man. That team was dysfunctional and I didn't like it. And that was the only, it was, I don't know. It was like the only time I was on one like that. And, um, but we had like, we had like a coach. He said he was great, but he was not like, uh, experienced being a coach for a professional team, you know? For yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of structure, but he was a good dude and he, he, dude. he was in it for the right reasons and he knew who were yeah. good dudes. I just, um, just I think he was, yeah. Maybe a couple of years later, he would have been like just perfect. But well, yeah, he, he, was, he like it, I found that with him, if we were winning, life would have been awesome. But we didn't have the team to win, and I think we underestimated the league with who we brought in. And he thought yeah. you could win with that many puppies, and it's like, well, you can't win with almost a half a team of kids that are first year pros. It's like you need yeah. some guys that have been there and done that. Dominic Hammer. <laughs> right <laughs> just thinking out loud he then was he moving back to Lancet no he, they didn't have him back so he went to Hanover oh Hanover because mm-hmm. when I played in Hellbron we played Hanover when they went tits up and they had a big celebration for their team going tits up at the end of the game and that was my son's first night on the ice and we got to go out there and see Hammer nice mm-hmm that's hockey, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we're bouncing around. Don't really know what we're talking about anymore, but 
fun birthday. Um, <laughs> after your two years in Schwenigen and you put us Hellbrenner Falcons out and get me kicked out of Germany forever, um, you go to Frankfurt and um, boy, oh boy, you had a playoffs, 28 points and 20 playoff games. Eh? That was back when Frankfurt, like we talked about, is an Oberliga team trying to move up and they're putting some money into that thing. Eh? And they had a budget like from the top DL2 team. So yeah, you guys had a lot of my puppies on that team. Pascal Schoffs, Man- Manu yeah. Neumann. Um, oh, yeah. Never played with him, but spent a lot of but there was a, a big time in Stuttgart yeah. together, you could call it. Oh, yeah. Stuttgart, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that was good with the guys, yeah, already a couple guys. Well, Richard Galke was on that team. Puppy from yeah. Hellbron, who is now a legend in Selb. Oh, and yeah. And Patrick Schmidt, who is scared of the shed and a shed guy. He's scared of the shed. Huh? I think I so. Seen- yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I had him on, like, I thought we were doing it, like, two years ago. And now, he just, he just doesn't do it. Scared. Schmidt. And he's a beauty. Oh, he's a beauty. Yeah. So, Patrick, just so you know, if you're listening, Good when, guy, yeah. when the new coach came in, I said, who do you want to play with? And I said, I want to try with that Schmitty guy because he looks like he can play. You Where know? did you play with him? In Beatingheim. Oh, okay. Yeah, the tough years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's a good dude. He's a good dude, good player, and and then you see him running amok still too. And man, all the puppies are still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else? Uh, I think that's it from that team that I wrote down. There's probably more, but that year you really did it, eh? Fifty-six points and thirty-seven games played, and twenty-eight points in the playoffs. Um, I know you'd been in Schwinnigan before. You would have been a third fourth liner mucking her up pk right uh blocking some yeah. shots but uh would have been fun to get back scoring goals and being the guy again eh? yeah 100 percent, especially as a forward and um i just uh, slept uh slipped over the 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 rule under 23 right so remember that rule so you have to right now we have to have i don't know i think five or four under 23 players to bring up the juniors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But wow. And that's a good I, thing for hockey, but it, that's, what's impressive about all my puppies still playing is that um, you guys are all the guys that teams are wanting back um, and teams want yeah. the good dudes back. But yeah, that's what I, that's said. I just slept over the, the rule and then it's tough to get the contract in the top leagues when you just play the third or fourth line, you know, Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you, you can't actually, hard to put up points when you don't play. <laughs> yeah, power you, plays you, are a thing. And then teams need to save the spots for the more experienced guys, like age of twenty eight in the prime. You know. Yeah. And back in the days, it's like it was hockey. Was like you have to make your way up. It's not like these days when you are like a high talented player or something. The they coach see chance it, right away. Don't bring you in the fourth line. You play in the minors as long as you're ready to jump in the first or second line because you're not that player. And that's what was the difference, right? Was when I, I, I remember when I played, the fourth line was kids. Like, it would be kids with cages. And it was, it was, it was like, that's the fourth line. And it's like, you weren't mixing them in with everybody else nope. and getting them with the other guys, right? Yeah, you had to earn it at the pros to be, yeah. or to earn your position. 
these yeah. days it's more like the coaches are i don't know not wiser but the game changed too so I, I i'm more for getting everybody involved and play the role like i think everybody plays hockey differently i think everybody plays like hockey like their personality um yeah. and i think some people are third liners some people are top two liners but then there are guys that can be in a top two line that that's not really their normal thing, but you need a guy that stands in front of the net and you need everybody and you need a fourth yeah. line. That's a fourth line, not a bunch of kids going out there. Yeah. You don't, you can't have like in the fourth line playmakers. You need like a couple of grinders in the fourth line brings energy. You need to rest. muck it up. The fourth line needs to go out there and give her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and some, so then when the first line's not giving her and they're not playing the right way and they're not playing hard enough, it's like, well, look at your fourth line. What are you guys doing, right? Mm -hmm. So it. Guess we agree again, don't we? It's like we know what we're talking about. Yeah, crazy. It is weird. Um, so after the Frankfurt year, though, you did run amok and they had money there. I guess you guys, you guys didn't win it, though, eh? In Frankfurt? Yeah, did you win it? That was a weird year because the league, the second league decided that you, uh, when you go up, um, there was a round. Like the three last teams or two last teams of the second league will play against the first two teams of the Oberliga. So Kassel and Frankfurt played against uh, Krimichau and I don't know, Weisswasser or something. That's and then the right. best two teams would go in the second Which, league. Yeah worse go down so actually we and Kassel we moved up and then they uh yeah they moved down hey we need to take a little break i need a pee -pee. you got a pp hey pps okay yeah Pause. <laughs> game back on no idea what we were talking about or what we're talking about anymore do you yeah oh good question yeah. what was it i don't know you had to pee though i don't know <laughs> Yeah, you're back, uh, baby. That looks like a nice apartment, though, eh? Um, uh, it's a nice apartment, yeah. Um, it reminds me of those doors, actually. I'm seeing that door behind you in Germany. They have the doors where you can open it or just tilt it to get the fresh air, eh? We don't really do that. Oh, yeah, either. you don't have that. No, we don't do that. We either have windows or doors. I know, makes sense <laughs> to tilt it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can learn from other people, folks. Be better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You should open a window company in Canada, man. And have the tilt, the door window tilt. <laughs> what about the uh, blinds, though, in Germany? The ones where, like, when you shut the blinds, you don't see wait, wait, nothing. Wait, wait, i give you a little show. <laughs> oh, boy. Are you going down? Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. You can nap all day, folks, as a professional hockey player. You put the blinds down. You don't know what time of day it is. You don't know what country you're in. You're sleeping, right? What you need. You can really commit to a nap in Germany just because it's, it's, I mean, over here, you try and nap. Man, the sun's still coming in the room. It can't be as dark as it can in Germany. It can be pitch black in a room, can't it? I mean, we had a coach uh, who was living uh, in Germany with the North American time. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. I heard of players that just stayed right on the time. <laughs> yeah. It was British. He was always watching the NHL games. So he was 
sleeping during the German day, just get up for practice and then You're analyze. Right. I do remember that. Yeah, he would stay up all night and watch all the games, and then he'd uh, yeah. then he'd crash for the day. <laughs> and he came late for. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we were talking about your most influential coach. Now that I look at my notes, um, and you said Pete Russell was probably the best one in pro, right? We're not saying anything mean about the other coaches. We're just saying who had no, an impact, but right? He- and even if I was uh, at this time an uh, older player, he could uh, still teach me things, you know, like especially like small detail details, how you have your skates to skate right away from defense to offense and stuff, like small things. Yeah. Like I was it doing... It is the all- small things, though. Yeah. It's the like, small things that win games. I remember uh, uh, a trick Zeri, Zerikov showed me. Like when you have a defender pinning you or like pinching you that you put your stick between him and him and the boards you know to get that uh to ankle block his to stick off. and no not to block him to get him away from the bench you know you use a stick like this and then he goes shifts up the board and then the puck is out um it does take everyone to win and um <laughs> i find that like you learn from everybody, right? Like that's what hockey is. It's like, I find it's the same in the real world though. It's like, if you don't have the answer, somebody knows it, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody knows how to do it. Yeah. Um, and actually fun fact is, you know, we're doing this. It's Mittagessen on a work day. And um, I have the support of, my company and they know what I'm doing. I don't lie. I don't, I don't pretend I'm not doing it. Um, I really appreciate them and their trust in me that, but then it's like, it's similar to like building a hockey team is like, once you got the machine built and it runs, it's like, I just caught up there while you were peeing. And like, I got a team of all-stars that know how to rock and roll. And um, like, I just helped, build it to where it's at now and it's the similar to like coaching this team i got three lines we just roll we play hockey the right way the whistle goes i don't even have to say we're changing they know we're changing and like it just rolls and it's like once you build your machine um it's just like hockey right that's hockey once you build your machine then it just rolls i think it's everywhere like yeah you gotta learn you know i mean you you take the best things you learn from your coaches and give it to the next kids, you know, and they will do the same when they're older, hopefully. So, And that's why you need the right people coaching. And I've realized that over my time is it can change a season drastically. It can change whether you're friends for life or teammates for a year is the culture it is. If things are fair, if things are right, then Mm -hmm. people buy in. And if everybody feels important and feels like their role is important, it's amazing what people can do. Yeah. Especially like, I think especially the older guys are so important in the team, the core, you know? Well, and that's what's so cool for me is seeing all the you puppies being those older guys. And it's like, well, the teams appreciate you guys. They appreciate the people you are and that you guys are teaching people how to hockey the right way. Exactly. And when you feel comfortable, you can play better hockey too, you know? 
yeah and when you have the support of the older guys and like i always tried to make time for the puppies and like go for some kebabs and whatever we would do and maybe even drink beers um yeah but like thank you that I, you came out yeah i only had one or two when i was in germany i didn't really like the beer that much right mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like we, i i think it helps a kid when like one of the imports is like, Hey, let's go for lunch. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Right. Like then you feel more part of it. Yeah. You feel part of it. Welcome, more welcome. And I think it's so cool that like Freiburg has you two Selb has Richard. um, Yeah. We always had Mapesy and then Marcos and castle just run amok. So you don't even, you never really played with Marco. eh? No, no. I just, I actually just know him from playing against him when he was in castle. And he's one of those guys, right, that plays an honest, hardworking game. He yeah. loves to muck it up, and he loves to play hockey, and he's going to do it the right way. Play against, yeah. And I just know him actually about uh, Billy because he played with him in Heilbronn and, they, and in Kassel. So yeah, they know each other very well. That's why well, I, I you, knew he You should die. probably tell Christian to get in my shed, eh? I will. Yeah. Well, he's, still you know, he, he's still running he's, the muck, eh? He's one of those guys, though, eh, that's, like, skinny and, like, small and, like, doesn't have all this extra weight to carry around. He he just always looks so light on the ice, and I bet you he hasn't aged a day since I've seen him. Yeah. <laughs> hey? But he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he puts a lot of work in it, yeah. yeah. At this age, oh, you have to put more work in it to stay healthy, to stay in shape. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess that's November. Eh? It's the November break. All the all the guys would be off living life in different places and going on vacations. And for any team, okay, if anybody's listening to me in my shed, if any team thinks that they shouldn't let those guys go do that based on performance, based on wins and losses, shut your mouth and let them go have fun and enjoy their life because when they come back, they'll be better hockey players refreshed ready to play don't beg skate them all week because you want to tell the fans what you did and how much punishment it was grow the fuck up and let the boys have fun and enjoy their life right statement yeah okay so if anybody's listening to me in my shed okay and if i was a coach in germany and my team wasn't doing well i would let them go spread their wings for a bit and then come back and be ready to rock it's 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 not like just for the boys. It's like it, it is better when you have a hard time to get. It's refreshed. not for just for the boys. It's for the wives. It's for the girlfriends. It's for the kids. It's for everybody. It's to take a break and okay. get recharged and be ready to go again. And if things haven't been going your way, maybe a break's a good thing. And it's a long season, so. And if you're running amok, go enjoy the time, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, way. the November breaks, right? Um, the national team breaks, um, like that was as hockey as hockey gets. And it's the memories I have from playing in Germany are going places with teammates and friends on those November breaks and seeing the world. Yeah, this is uh, one of the highlights of the year, I think. It is. I think one of the, and when I first got over there, man, we had November and February breaks. Yeah, back in the days, there were two breaks. These yeah. days, not a... I just know. if it's Olympic year, then maybe. 
Yeah, February break, we went skiing with my friends from Elmira that came over to visit, and we had a time. And I was ready to go for playoffs, Lansu, right? So back off and let everybody take their breaks, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the coaches. Are- Everybody's right. listening, eh, Germany? Right? All of you are? Okay. I hope so. I doubt it, though. <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, this whole coaching thing and teaching people how to hockey, it's really changed me. Um, it's brought back my love of the game and, like, the passion for it all. And, um, I mean, I have a team I get to try and win trophies with this year and teach them how to hockey that hopefully it can stick for their life, right? And um, it's weird mm-hmm. when we talk about your most influential coach. It's like, I I don't like sucking at anything. I like being good, and I like doing things good. And I hope someday there'll be kids that say, I remember that year, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great when you – so wife and their memories that's the best compliment compliment you can get it it really is and um well and the other thing cool for me is seeing all you guys doing what you do and for me seeing what you've done um i knew who you were i knew what you were about we hung out we drank beers we 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 mucked it up in practice we got through knee injuries um i'm proud of you carlos I don't like saying nice things to people in my shed, but I like you. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) That's good. No, but seriously, it's really cool. And like your wife should be proud. Your son should be proud. Your parents should be proud. Like when hockey players get to end hockey the right way and the way it's supposed to end, it's like – it's weird, right? Cause all these stories I hear in my shed and everybody has different paths and goes different ways and plays different places. Is like not many people get to end the, the story book like this book here the right way. Right. And it's like, you got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But that it's like, I'm thankful for the team that they did it. Yeah. Well, you earned it. That's how it works in hockey. When you earn it, you earn it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, congratulations, sure. Sir, sure. Sir. Sure. sir. Um, I have to, uh, you know, work some more and then have the first ever Cabina Fest in Canada. Right? Oh, that sounds, sounds good. Making memories, folks. Yeah. It's not about making money. It's about making memories, right? That's hockey. <laughs> right? Definitely. Totally. Go shed, guys. And this has been another episode of Two L's and Hockey Tales with Baby Carlos and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me I hope y'all forgive them I'm like Scott, I'm a girl.